Welcome to Unshakable with Human Design, the show dedicated to helping entrepreneurs use human design to shift from hustle to flow without sacrificing results. Come here to become an unshakable human and build an unshakable business according to your human design. I'm your host, Nicole Lano. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unshakable with Human Design. I am so happy to be here with you and to be here with my guest today. This lovely woman, she'd been in my world in this acquaintance sort of level where we had never met, but all of these people that I knew were working with her, were talking about her, were somehow connected to her, and I kept hearing about her. And she spoke in my mastermind, not my mastermind, one that I'm a part of, so I got a little taste of her there, but we had never met. And then I was at an event in October and she blew me away. And this is one of those moments where I feel like the universe gives you what you've been asking for. With the transit episodes that we started to do on this show, I was like, I really like to bring an astrologer on. I would really like to bring somebody on to add the astrology piece, but I didn't know who. And I had her in mind, but I felt all weird about asking her because we don't know each other. And then I met her at this event. I was like, oh my God, I have to ask her. And I'm so excited about her because there's just this connection. And I hope that you feel that here on the show because I'm so excited to bring her to you so that you get to experience what I experienced there and what everyone was so blown away by. So I'm very excited to introduce you to Christina Luna. She's an astrological mentor. She guides creatives and heart-led entrepreneurs through the energetic landscape of the cycles of the year by revealing the patterns they have completed, are currently maintaining, and opening up to in the future. Each person has a unique recipe for experiencing life, and life is always talking to us, and Christina helps that conversation to feel more clear. She's also a 4-6 emotional manifesting generator, which we will get into in just a minute, but I'm going to welcome her to the show first. Christina, thank you for being here. I'm so happy you're here. I am so happy I am here with you. And I also saw you in my world. I felt connected to you. I really love human design. I love people who read maps. I am a map reader. I'm a pattern witnesser. I study the patterns that are showing up and I like to overlay these maps. And human design is one of those maps that has fascinated me for such a long time. And we spoke a little bit about human design and astrology and how there's a lot of synergy between them, but they're both fingers or maps pointing at the same beautiful field of information. And so meeting you felt very destined and having this conversation moving forward about combining these two beautiful maps or overlaying these maps, it feels like manifest destiny. (laughs) I feel the same way. And that's why I'm excited. The reason that I wanted to bring astrology into the show is because what I love about it and through following you and actually listening to the way that you deliver information on astrology is very different than a horoscope and other things that you can get in like the apps that are just telling you high level, vague things that maybe can fit with lots of different people. What you do is you really paint a picture of what I try to do with the transits a little bit through a different lens, painting this picture of the program. That's how I look at it. Like we're all under this mm-hmm. cosmic program. Either we're imprinted at birth with the program. That's what our chart is to me. And then as it changes 
how are we influenced by this cosmic program that we're under? That's my point of view on it. And I'm curious, I'd love to ask you, how do you view what you do and what we are all under, how you view astrology? I love that question. So similarly to what you just said, I believe that the moment that we enter Earth side, we, we enter life, our brain is in a theta state and it's like a sponge and it's absorbing everything. And those first programs, the first societal values, the values of our parents, the value of the time, whether it was spring, summer, winter, fall, there was a psychological landscape that was immediately impressed upon that infant, that the infant will take as its total reality and for the rest of its life, it'll see it through that lens. And so we take that moment of birth and we combine that with the brain state that we're all in when we're first born. And that tells us a lot about how that person witnesses and sees reality. I call that the personal recipe. And whenever I'm talking about a person's personal recipe, I'm basically helping them to understand that the world at large has continued to shift and change, but they still see it through this lens. And so it's really important to know, first of all, what their recipe is. But then it's also important to know who they are when certain changes in the landscape change. And so from my perspective, understanding what it feels like from inside the recipe, helping people to understand how to notice and recognize that the way they're experiencing the outside climate is a relationship with their recipe. That can ultimately shift a perspective. What I see is Without knowing that we're in this relationship with the outside world and our own recipe, we can create quite a debilitating neurosis or a misunderstanding about what's happening or about what our partner is doing or about the way our children is, are responding because we forget that they have a recipe too. And that recipe is responding to what's happening. So many parts are at play in any given moment and coming to what it really feels to be completely somatically embodied in our version of our recipe. If we come back to that and then navigate the relationship with the outside world, it just creates this broader perspective where we're holding many different lenses at once. And I would say the juiciest part of the work that I do is just bringing people back into the throne of their experienced self so that they can feel that thread being woven between the now moment and their own experience. Yeah. So how do you define the recipe as far as in astrology? What are you looking at? I'm curious about that. When you're like, this is what your recipe is. Like if you ran my chart, what are you looking at to figure out what my recipe is? Yeah. So I'm actually looking at the natal chart in astrology. It's a circle. If we took the moment that you were born and we put a circle in the center to indicate where on earth you were born. And then we indicated exactly what time were you born. So let's say at the moment you were born, the sun was in the sky. It was about 11 a.m. at the location where you were. So if there was an earth and we plotted the sun, that is where the sun would be located in your chart. And this would be the eastern horizon line, the western horizon line. So we've got daytime and nighttime. And then we have all of the planets in space in our solar system 
And we take the map of all the planets and their location, and we compress it into a two-dimensional map. And from there, Mm -hmm. we understand that that two-dimensional map is going to indicate an archetypal moment in time. Then we translate from the archetypes, and we translate from the sensation that we have about what rises in our lives and what sets in our lives or what we experience as the high noon or focal point of our lives or the deeper subconscious truth of our lives. And so that is essentially the map I read. It's not a literal, I mean, it's as literal as you could possibly get when mapping such huge spaces in time. Yeah. So similar to to what we do with the human design chart, we use the energies of the planets, the gates that they're in, where they fell. So not just what gates are there, but what's the positions of them? And then what do those planets represent from that archetypal or from that thematic, right? So at least in human design, we look at Mercury being the planet of communication or that rules our communication that the gate can tell you a little bit about the quality or the way that you communicate or what you are here to communicate. So is it a similar process that you go through? How does that differ from what we're doing in human design? Or does it land in the same similar realm? I think maybe the word you're using for gate is the same word I would use for house. So there are, Uh I don't know how many gates are in human design, but there's 12 houses in astrology. And these houses indicate a certain stage of development in our life. So the first house would be associated with our identity. Now, when I look at Mercury specifically for you, Mercury has a few indicators in astrology. First of all, your Mercury is in your 10th house. So the 10th house in astrology is one that talks about your career, your legacy, the mark you make on the world long after you've gone. It's how the world knows that you've been here. And because you have Mercury there and you have Mercury in the space called Leo, that Leo is like a flavor of Mercury. The Mercury's got this flavor of being a royal communicator because Leo has to do with the royalty of the heart, what we're committed to with our heart. And so you have the royal communicator as the legacy that you leave the planet. So I would say that you're the kind of person who would leave your voice for everyone to receive an experience as a part of your legacy. And literally, you create podcasts that exist in the world and will exist in the world even after you're gone. And you're using your unique communicator to do that. So I'm not sure exactly if that corresponds with gates, but these are the pieces of information. There's the house, the sign, and then the archetype itself and the characteristics it takes. I love that. Thank you for clarifying that because I've always been confused by houses. And, and I guess it's the area of your life is what rep- is represented by houses. Is that correct? And yeah. so gates for us, gates really fall into the sign. And in the transit episodes that we're going to be recording, we'll be talking about gates that we'll be going through. So I think the way you're going through like Scorpio season, we have gates in that particular period. They're all going through that part. So they correspond to the time of the year. So we're in gate 14 of the human design wheel, which sits in Scorpio Mm. because we're in Scorpio now. So I think that's the other correlation that we have there. So talk a little bit about what you do. Everybody talks about your year ahead. 
you really map the cycles. And can you tell everybody a little bit Mm -hmm. about that? Because that's what we're going to try to bring in. And and we're still figuring out how we're going to bring it all together when we're talking about what's happening for the month ahead in the transit episodes. But when you're looking at a week and you do your weekly updates for your people, when you look at a week, how are you translating that for everyone? And also, I think what you do so beautifully is also kind of tie it into like how that person can translate it for themselves. So what I'm doing each week and what I do for the year ahead is I'm primarily talking about what is happening in the now moment and reminding people that they're in relationship with that. And so everyone will have a slightly different experience of the now moment, but knowing what that now moment is, what we're actually in relationship to can be so telling because to just bring it to something really literal. We're in November as we're recording this right now, and we can see all of the leaves starting to change and fall. And this is a sort of introverted and death part of that tree's life cycle. And I was just in a conversation this morning about how the thing I believe humanity is releasing or detoxify from is the concept of if we're not growing, we're dying. That is a true statement. If we're not growing, we're dying. And the death from our growth actually fertilizes the next phase of growth. And so when we come into a rhythm of life and death or expansion and contraction, we start to value the death part of a cycle. And these alternate. The thing that's wild is all of nature understands how to go into the expansion and contraction of their life and death cycles. It doesn't mean that they completely die when the tree's leaves turn red and fall. What it means is that the tree is not putting energy into growth at this time. It's putting energy into integration, rest, building deeper root systems, and preparing for the next stage of growth. And so we all, every living thing, actually sheds hair, sheds skin cells, The ironic thing is when we sleep, that's when we're repairing and growing the most. And so what I'm essentially doing in these reports is I'm reminding people of the natural growth and death cycles that nature inherently understands so that as we're moving through that, we can really lean into the restfulness. We can really lean into the emotional times. We can lean into the fiery times. We can lean into the airy times when we're learning. We can lean into the earthy times when we need to really get our feet under us and move the needle. But we're not meant to do any of those things all the time. And so the reports for the collective are really a statement of in the context of what's happening out there, how are you relating to that? Is that uncomfortable for you to get really grounded? Does it feel like your nature to swim in the dark waters of the mystery? Or do you just want to drink more coffee and cry about why things aren't working out for you? Which is perfectly valid. And if you knew that is fruitful for you, you wouldn't even feel guilty about it, right? (laughs) Like, Go for it. Let it fuel the next cycle of your life and your growth. And don't get into a place of self-doubt or worry that you've fallen off the train of progress or something like that. And so a lot of my work just has to do with managing 
the security we find within the up and down cycles and holding and maintaining a value for both ends of the spectrum. I think that's such a beautiful way. And I think this is what you were talking about before, where you were talking about your place in the greater whole and almost like it's a tool for that self-awareness to say, well, I am me in this place. And this is the place that I'm in right now. The place is always changing. The atmosphere is always changing. There's always these thematics. And we can forget that because we're wrapped up in our life. We're wrapped up in our thing. And we tend to think it's us. When things don't feel right, Mm -hmm. that's been a huge breakthrough for me is to be able to remain grounded in the moment, to sit in it and to observe what's happening around me and to be able to discern what's mine and what's not. What's the program and what's Mm -hmm. me? Can I sit here and just observe it to be a witness and to notice what's happening and to notice how it's affecting me? but not feel like I need to fix it, to feel like there's something always for me to do and to not be fearful of it. It's not about fortune telling. It's just like the weather report. I think you mentioned that at the event. You were like, if I know it's going to rain, I take an umbrella. I don't think that the sky is falling, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and we don't even question that the winter changes our behavior, the lack of light in the day, the coldness, We don't even question how that affects our psychology because we understand that winter is winter and that's what it is. And I believe that when you dive more deeply into pattern recognition, you see more than just the temperature cycles. You start to understand that there are psychological cycles. You know, right now in the fall of 2023, we're in the beginning of a new Mars cycle, which is is kind of a subtle thing for some people, but it's so significant to know that a Mars cycle has the same kind of new seed planted, fullness of that harvest, and closure of the cycle. And it takes about two and a half years for that to complete. So we're at a we're at a point where we could notice our behavior changing, our stories changing, the way that we show up, the way we have boundaries, the way that we handle insecurity or change. These are changing in a big way for us right now. Or we could be witnessing our partners having big changes. And if we didn't know that Mars was having a seeding moment, that it could really step into and feel stronger through the testing and challenges and insecurity. If we didn't know that, we might all of a sudden start questioning, oh my gosh, are my plans going to fall apart? I had all these dreams and now this thing I was counting on is changing. And the sensation of the energy dropping with those fearful thoughts can actually cause more grief and suffering than necessary. Instead, having the perspective of this is awesome. This unsustainable thing is now completely releasing. And this is good. We're going to step up. We're going to claim it. We're going to push in. We're going to show up and we're going to be even stronger. And we'll see the fullness of that in one year from now. And I've got this whole year to really step into that. That's a totally different perspective than, oh my gosh, nothing's going to work. This is just like last time. I'm so scared. The quality of the energy we have in any moment affects everything. It affects the thoughts we have. It affects the solutions we come to. It affects everything. So understanding the bigger picture often can change the type of energy that we bring to any situation. And that energy can 
either curse the situation and drop the energy out, or it can bless it in ways that can expand and increase and solidify and deepen the experience so much more. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. When are we coming to the end of this Mars cycle? When is that happening? Well, the fullness of it will be when Mars retrogrades again. It's going to start actually in December of 2024. So we just seeded a moment in November that is going to come into fullness in December and January for a few months in the beginning of 2025. So it's a long cycle. But if we understand the length and growth of the seeding part of the cycle, we can have a lot of endurance and patience and know that when the behaviors that we're initiating right now come to a fullness, it will feel like masculine vulnerability at, a, at, a, at its highest. Right now, we'll have a test that will really show all of the effort we put in or all of the growth or all the acceptance we put in through masculine vulnerability in a year from now. And that's something beautiful to understand because we'll be holding so much compassion for that, knowing about it in advance. So this is a new cycle that's starting now, right? Or around now. And we just closed yeah. one out. Is that the timing yeah. of it? So what I think is really interesting, because I think I can, there's a lot of fear right now. I think people are feeling that this is, that something is has come to a close, that something is changing. So I think it's a great example of how we can use this information to say, this is just another cycle that's starting that now we're in, you called it the seeding period. Is that how you refer to it? Yeah. Whenever a planet comes into an alignment with the sun, it's as if that archetype is being renewed and reseeded. So this new cycle that we're going into, I think we've felt a lot of this and it can cause a lot of panic. I think we're seeing panic. I think we're seeing contraction. I think we're seeing people buckle up because things don't feel the same. And they're wondering if it's them. They're wondering if it'll change. They're wondering if we'll come back, if it will be the way it was. And that's what they're expecting or fearful that it won't happen, that won't come to fruition. So I, I think that's a really beautiful example of how you can use this type of information to ready yourself and steady yourself in those times. So you're not going into some nervous system freak out when things change or when a cycle ends, when you know about this stuff, we can be more prepared and we can look at it. I, I, the, the image I kept getting and the the analogy that kept coming up for me was investors. They don't know what will happen with the economy, but when the economy goes down, seasoned investors who are used to watching markets who have been in this for a long time, Warren Buffett isn't sweating when the market tanks. They see the opportunity in it. They're able to ride that wave and they know it's cyclical and they can predict it too. They notice certain aspects of the economy having these markers and they're saying, this is what we can predict coming up. So we're going to ready ourselves for that. We're going to be prepared for that. And we're going to be looking for X, Y, and Z so that we can actually capitalize on it. I think that's a real world analogy of how you can use what can feel like very woo stuff to actually help navigate your life without necessarily being the type of person where you're obsessing over it, but you can use it like the weather report. Yeah, it, that's a perfect metaphor and example. When investors are looking at the economy and watching those patterns, astrology is just the pattern of psychology and emotion. And so you can watch the psychology and emotional patterns move up and down and you can have a lot of 
presence and grace because you understand that rhythm. I love this. And I'm really excited that we're going to be doing the transit episodes, that you'll be joining me for those and that we're going to be bringing them to the show on a regular basis now, because that's the idea is to give you a lay of the land of what's to come. So when it shows up or when you start to feel that frequency, when you start to feel that change, and when you start to notice it in the people around you who don't know what you know, who aren't aware of it, and you see them changing, you can actually witness that program. You can witness that weather and the way it's having its effect on the world. Because I think that's ultimately what we're all striving to be. All mindset work, all energy work lies in us being able to be more the observer of our experience and the observer of our thoughts and the observer of our emotions. And we feel things and we live our lives, but the more that we can remain objective and neutral to see what's happening, the less we are rocked by the things that are happening. We're no longer circumstantial and we get to be just present with the moment, but not necessarily moved or rocked by that moment. So I'm excited for this. And I love bringing a different perspective on here. And I love bringing different types on here as well. Like you being a four six, me and four sixes, we tend to vibe. I think because the four six, the next step in the time would be five ones. And if I were born a little earlier, I would have been a four six. We're cuspers in that respect. You and I are both Virgos. Mm -hmm which we learned earlier. And you being a 4-6, that personal journey is such an inherent part of your profile. The people you meet and the journey that you're on, that those two pieces are so integrated in who you are. Tell everybody just a little bit about yourself before we close out this episode. And then we're going to be seeing you again, of course, for the transit episode for December. Um, but tell everybody just a little bit about your story before we wrap up. Of course. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I'm just now realizing that my story is like a circle and I had to move away from something that was very uncomfortable for me at the beginning of the circle. But now I'm completely back at it and seeing it as a gift. So my story actually started out with me feeling like I was absolutely insane. I was very emotional. I felt my emotions moving I didn't know who I was because I identified with my emotions. Like, who am I? One day I'm all about this and the next day I'm this way and then I'm like this and then I'm like this. And I would try to take all these personality tests to understand, well, why am I so introverted now and so social now? And so what I was doing with astrology at the beginning was I was trying to prove that I wasn't insane. I had a period of time where I actually was concerned that I was schizophrenic and I was hearing audibly voices. I had been so worried about my mental state and I was in such a surrendered freefall into all of that that I started carving out time to communicate with these voices I was hearing, which ultimately were parts of me. But at the time, I was in a very disorienting time. These voices mm -hmm. that I was hearing actually started helping me see that sometimes I am like this and sometimes this part of me shows up and sometimes this part of me shows up. And when I started understanding that those voices correlated with the astrology, that's when something massively clicked. And I will tell you, I urgently studied and received information because I was trying to come into a neutral state. I actually wanted the astrology to give me certainty and consistency and neutrality. 
I didn't want to be on a roller coaster with my identity. I wanted to create some kind of continuity. And I thought that maybe if I learned the astrology, I could prevent the ups and downs that were so destabilizing for me energetically and emotionally. So my journey went from a very unstable emotional space to trying to harness all of that. If I do everything right and I learn the methods and I learn the astrology and I study myself, then I can have some consistency and I can prevent these downs from happening. And so the middle part of my journey was very much about me trying to wrangle the cycles into submission and do everything right so I didn't have to fall down. So I could always be like elevating, elevating, elevating. And of course that doesn't work, right? Because at a certain point, you understand that it's also not the journey to feel nothing. It's also not the journey to prevent life from happening. So the next stage of the journey and where I'm at now is the willingness to feel everything. And so now astrology, it's like a permission slip for me to really feel the grief when it's time to feel the grief and really feel the bliss without attaching to it like it has to stay forever there's something even sweeter about bliss when you know that it's cyclically going to recede back into a space of low energy or grief and there's something so sweet about the grief when you know that it's nourishing and opening my heart to the next level of my bliss and so now the whole experience of the astrology is really just feeling everything. And I have a place on Telegram that I call Feel Here Now. Ultimately, my life is about feeling right here with everything that's happening right now. And there are some pretty strong emotional things happening in the world right now. There are some dynamic shifts happening for the collective. And being able to feel that makes me feel as though my soul and my heart are even more connected to the human experience. And so really, it has come full circle. And there's a lot of details to that story that are not as important right now. But I hope that anyone who my work touches gives himself that permission to feel now, feel it all. And looking at your chart, too, just for a moment, talking about that you, you had these voices that you were hearing things. Gate 57 is in your Pluto, in your human design chart on both your unconscious and your conscious side. The 57th gate is the most intuitive gate in the chart. It is the gate of hearing your intuition. And so that's the interesting part to me about hearing stories is I can see it in the chart. I'm sure you see the same thing as you look at natal charts. And then just being an emotional being, you're an emotional manifesting generator. You're not a sacral. So we create our own emotions. We actually create the emotional frequency. And your Conscious sun and conscious earth gates in human design are both emotional. They are gate six and gate 36. And your incarnation cross, which human design kind of puts certain gates together to give you this purpose path. Yours is the cross of Eden, which you can take that literally in the sense that Eden can a lot of times feel like you are left out of Eden, that you were cast out of Eden can be that where there can be a lot of difficulty. It can be a tumultuous path, but ultimately resulting in these people seeking out and creating their own Eden is the theme that they can be under. So I love that you bring this perspective and that this story has led you here 
And I think we're all doing that. Astrology, human design. It wasn't a way to make myself not feel crazy necessarily, but I'm a seeker and I was always looking for a way to validate what I knew to be true in me. And that's what I think these tools do for us and what they do for the people that we're helping and that are attracted to this work. So I'm excited for this next stage of bringing more of this work to the show, doing this with you at the start of the month where we're going to be delivering what we see the cosmic weather coming to help prepare you to weather these storms, to know what's coming, to steady yourself and to understand how this might be affecting you and how it might be affecting the people around you and how you can remain the witness to it and how you can feel it without being necessarily moved off your path because you don't know what's happening. So I'm so excited for us to be moving forward together. Tell everybody where they can stay in touch with you and where they can find you to learn more about you. Please find me on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active. My handle is lunation, like the moon lunation dot live. And my website is also lunation.live. And we will link all of that up in the show notes for you. So you don't have to worry about it if you can't find it. And you know from my Instagram that we're always posting things for you to stay in touch with the show and for you to find the episodes. And we'll, of course, tag Christina in that. Thank you for making it all the way to the end of this episode with us being part of this conversation. And we appreciate you. Remember, in order to be, have an unshakable business, you must first become an unshakable human. So thank you for letting us help you along your journey of becoming unshakable with human design, everyone. We'll see you next time. If you love this episode and you're a fan of the show, please show us the love on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to the show and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with other entrepreneurs on their human design journey, join our free Facebook community, Human Design for Entrepreneurs. Go to nicolelano.me forward slash podcast links to join the group, book a human design reading with me, or access our free human design resources. We'll see you there.